Welcome to the Next of the Hub, the TV series hub podcast. Join us to explore the entertainment galaxy in this new feature made with love from fans and for fans. If you like debates, neck talks, and to be well informed about TV and film, this is the podcast for you. From Nerks to Nerks. Welcome to Nerks of the Hub. Your regular host is currently sitting in Hall H, waiting on the 2019 Marvel Comic Con panel. So I'll be your host today. I'm Kelsey, and I'm joined by Hub Writer Uber. Hey there. And our guest, the man with the coolest name in Hollywood, Maximilian Osinski. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> so you'll, you'll know Max as the on-again, off-again, sometimes deceased pilot Davis from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Max, thank you so much for joining us. You got it, guys. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Uber and I actually cover Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for TV Series Hub. I do the live tweeting and she does the reviews. So we're big fans. Um, and we are dying to know what is going on. We know you're not going to actually tell us anything. <laughs> it's Marvel. Um, I'm dying to know what's going on, too. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us, in season four, when you sort of, maybe, died, uh, did you know that you weren't actually dying and that you'd be back in season five? Absolutely not. I thought, for all intents and purposes, I was dead. Now. There's a saying on S.H.I.E.L.D. like, no one's really dead because there's been other characters that have been killed off and they come back in some other form or as ghosts. Um, but when I got the call that I would be dying, they were like, but you're dying off screen. No one's going to actually see the killing. So you never know. And in my actor head, I was like, oh, that's just Marissa and Jed being really nice. And I was like, you know, that's great. But thank you, guys. I'll, I'll be looking for my next job, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so I did not expect call back for season five at all so it was a, it was a surprise i was in the dark just like the fans were. okay at what point well, did you get the call i think they were already they already if i'm not mistaken they already started shooting season five because i didn't appear till mid-season episode 12 the 100th episode so i got a call maybe maybe two months before uh marissa called and said guess what you know davis lives and I was like, oh, my God, that how? <laughs> how does he survive? Like, how do you justify that? Um, but I was very excited. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go back because the show is so much fun to do. And the cast is such a great group of actors to, to work with. So I was more than thrilled to come back in whatever way they, they were thinking of me to come back. Uber, so, thank you. So, yeah, speaking of that how question you just sort of said to yourself, um, how? Because uh, what we wanted to know is like, okay, so on the show, it's sort of like you're telling people, oh, yeah, that's how it happened. And like, oh, wow, okay, wow, well, that's, that's interesting. So I want to know, is this one of those things that we're never going to know what really happened? Like it's a running joke, sort of like – what did Davis's wife have? She was pregnant. That was kind of mentioned as an aside. And we never really found out what Davis's wife, what, uh, who did he give birth to? Or is this going to be one of those things where it's actually a meaningful story arc potential for season six? I love that question. I short answer is I'm not sure. Um, the, 
it was a running joke in season five and they just went with it. Um, and they told me like, oh, cause there's some people would say on Twitter, like, why are they, you know, weren't getting that it was just a running joke in the, in the episodes. Um, but that, that was what Jed and Marissa uh, pitched to me at first. And, you know, it could be various reasons. It could be like, it is hard to figure out like how, Davis survived Ada's attack. Um, it might just be more fun that we never find out. Let the audience kind of imagine what it could have been and, and tease that. Um, so, I mean, I would love to hear what they think and see if they would explore that in season six and, and go back to it. Um, that would be completely up to them to figure out how they how that happened, or they just leave that a mystery and just move on and see if they can develop the character any other way um, with. As far as developing a more meaningful arc, I would love that. They proposed some really interesting things, like he has a wife and who was pregnant along the way. Um, how does how has that affected anyone with him coming back? You know, those are all great questions. And again, like I, I like to just say as an actor on these shows, you're, you're there that like contribute to the story and support the the series regulars and with the main story they're trying to tell, but um I would love for them to to explore Davis more because, you know, as an actor, you're always looking to, to, to play something and have something more to chew on. But um, ultimately, that's in their hands and, and the writer's room to decide, like, what will help them tell the story of the season. So I'm excited to see what they do. They said we spoke and they said there's going there's going to be some more stuff for Davis. But that's all I've heard. Um Honestly, so I, I have no idea what they're planning or not planning. Um, but either way, I'm, I'm, I look forward to starting back up again fairly soon for the sixth season. I know that kind of doesn't answer your question, but I'm, I, and you guys are like, ah, oh, great, another one. But I honestly don't know. They don't tell you anything. Like, you know, who knows how, like, who knows if they, when they killed me, they knew that they would bring me back and they just waited till two months before they shot episode 12 to tell me, I mean, that it's the Marvel. Mysterious, it's Marvel. <laughs> you know, even with the, even with these supporting roles, it's, it's like, you know, they're pretty secretive. Like, I couldn't say anything. Like I knew for so many months that I was coming back and they said, don't tell anyone. It's a surprise that you appear in 12. And I was like, okay. And people were tweeting at me like, is Davis coming back? And they like Davis and Piper. So yeah, I had to keep it quiet. So I really hope like you guys that there's that there's some some interesting stuff or they answer some questions. Um, but that's in their hands. Well, I, I got to tell you, uh, there are fan theories spreading about as into, you know, if there's any kind of tie in, for instance, uh, uh, Jaying had those interesting scars on her face when she was resurrected by Hydra. And right. the theories were, did Davis have similar scarring? Was he? maybe going through sort of the same process Jain went through. Oh, that's a really good theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a good theory. That's true. I forgot Jain had that scar. I I love that theory. I haven't seen that. Was that on Twitter or like on a blog or something? Well, I, I was talking to some friends. We were we were noticing the scarring and of course the obvious inside joke uh with the connection with jaying uh but uh but you know because of her healing abilities and maybe hydra used that sort of healing abilities and maybe there was some sort of tie into there so that is a really smart theory and 
someone should tweet at Jed and, and then because yeah. uh, <laughs> that's a great we'll I remember Jed Jed told me when I when I came back he was like yeah, yeah man we we're trying to figure out like you were attacked by her from behind and how did you survive and you just have this little scar and they said at first we were thinking you have like a massive scar on your chest and then we were like maybe we bring him back and like crutches in a wheelchair and my eyes like just bulge. I was like, oh my God. Like I could have been like in a wheelchair with like a huge brace over my chest for season five. Um but they just went with a scar across the cheek. One little one. That's so yeah. funny because I think instead you got this sort of like Oh, moment when you like walk off the jet at the wedding and everybody's like, what is that Davis? <laughs> like just out of nowhere, so casual. Nobody's like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> Where did you come from? <laughs> Yeah, what, what, yeah. What was up with that? No one, no one said anything about me coming back. There was no reaction. Um, <laughs> Everyone yeah. was too focused on the wedding. <laughs> Everyone's focused on the wedding, and there was a few more bits in that episode that ended up having to get cut because you know, there's the writers. They write, you know, they have so many ideas, and they're so creative, and they write all these ideas, and like they shoot them, and when it comes to edit them, you got to make time. Unfortunately, unfortunately, because it's network, you know, you have you need ad space. So they'll write a 50 page, 52 page script. But, you know, you only have I think it's like 45 minutes worth of story time. So they have to, like, trim down like non-essential story points and plots. So that's what they had to do, you know, especially in that episode, because the wedding was such a big moment um, leading up to it. And you with the you know and the character played by Jeff Ward Deke too, um, that whole storyline. And then who else appeared in the, um, Deathlock appeared mm-hmm. in that episode, and it was a big episode for Clark Gregg for Phil Coulson. So it was like a lot of things to explore. So you know, just Davis popping up and like boom, we'll figure it out later was kind of what we had to do. But um, I think it made people like stick around for the show and have the more questions you have, the more likely you are to come back and watch more episodes. So, you know, they know what they're doing. I try not to, I don't, yeah. I don't try to, you know, I'm trying, I'm not that actor. It's like, so would uh, my character really say that? You know, <laughs> Jed would just say, is it in the script? <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> That's awesome. So from that, that I would ask, because I mean, um, Davis seems to have a pretty dry sense of humor. I mean, it's funny. Um, you know, is that mostly all scripted or do, are they OK with ad libbing? How does that work on set for you guys? Um, yeah, I think I think like with characters like Davis and, and Piper, which are there to support the story and and the main cast you have some room during during uh rehearsal and when you're shooting to try different things and takes and ultimately the director and and the uh editor decide in the editing room what they want to do so it's been skewing that way but i think for me as an actor playing the part it's also been kind of trying to figure out like well asking the question like well who is davis and what is their point of view about everything that's going on and and we have a very limited scope of of where he's come from and who he is so it is on when you're filming we do try different versions and just to see what plays well in the editing room um but i i think i agree with you we've kind of starting to find it's like a dry sense of humor um which i think kind of makes sense for someone who's who's seen so much you know, I mean, he's I think it's been like 20 episodes that he's done. 
There's like yeah. a funny moment in one of the episodes where like this the new guy, Agent Kim, says, Does this always happen? And Davis says, The weird missions, yes, the fighting that's new. And I think that's kind of like gives you an idea of like his point of view on this whole stuff. Like I he's seen so much stuff. So many like weird, abnormal, you know, superhero stuff happen that it like that's kind of like that's the daily routine at work. Um so I think it kind of makes sense to have that dry sense of humor. But, you know, again, we don't know. Season six, there might be something different that happens to him or, or we see some other stuff that maybe we see more colors. So we'll have to kind of see what they come up with. Mm. Well, speaking of season six, I will be probably literally flayed alive if I do not ask this question about shoot, Coulson, shoot. about Coulson, okay. because yeah. all I see every day, many times a day is... Will Coulson return? Is he alive? Will he return? So I know you can't answer. I know you don't have an answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because if I don't ask you, I will be murdered. So you have to ask. Hey, what's his status? How is Coulson? Is he coming back? There, I've asked. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really good question, guys. Um, I'm sure it's one nobody else has thought of. <laughs> no one's thought of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah um. I yeah don't know I don't know but there is a season six right <laughs> there is a season six and and like they told like they tell everyone like no one's seen him die right he's just okay. left on the beach with Agent May and they pull away and obviously we know that he's sick um, so I don't know what they're gonna do with that storyline they won't tell you they don't want me to know. Because um, they know I'll be asked these questions, so I'm as curious as you guys. But I think it's you know there's there's a season six plan, so we'll see what they do. I mean, I know you know they opened up that that wormhole with jumping time and different dimensions. So that there's this isn't them telling me anything. This is me speculating as a fan, like you guys. Right. Like there's a lot more options now you can do when you've like opened that world of like oh there's dimensions and people existing in different dimensions and you can jump time like who knows like the, i mean maybe that's a way they figure something out but um Man, yeah i don't know you're gonna set like agents of shield fan twitter on fire no one's told me this in the right this is me as a fan like actually seeing the show like trying to guess what they do as well i mean they've um, you know, and, and with what ABC did is we kind of had, we had to wait a while before we heard that there would be, um, a, a season six. So the writers had to find a way to write season five and finish, finish season five, but still like, all right, if this is like the last season of the show, we're making a series finale. We'll end it. We can end it with this, but also leave it open if we need to do, a, if we get a season six. So you know, for the writers, it's a tricky situation because it's not like you guys are done, write the uh, series finale. And they go like, all right, we're never seeing these characters again. How do we want to tie this off? You know, and you're writing this season, the last episode, but you don't know what's happening with the show. So it's a, it's a hard spot for the writers. And even though they're as talented as they are, Marissa and Jed and Jeff, uh, Loeb and, and Bell and Gary Brown and all the, the whole writers room like I'm sure they've, they've figured something out and they have something planned they're in their rooms right now cracking out season six so whatever they plan is probably going to be great but it is tricky to like not know where you're how to where you're going to go or if you're going to go anywhere after season five 
So that, so, that question is a legitimate question for the fans. I, I get it. I understand. So what you're saying is, is we should title this interview, Max Osinski gives detailed spoilers <laughs> about Colson's <laughs> fate. Time travel. <laughs> alternate dimensions. Yes. How does it tie into Avengers? Doing you guys a favor, and I'm getting, I'm getting thrown <laughs> under the... No, no, no. No one's told me anything. I, you could have come up with this yourself, too. I don't know. That's hilarious. But if it gets, if it's bait, if it's clickbait, then go for it. No, no. Just know it might cost Davis his appearance no. in season yeah. six. Oh, that would be terrible. <laughs> no. Thankfully, we don't work for that kind of website. Uh, no. Scoops are not no. our deal. So, um,. I have to ask, I mean, you seem to have a great sense of humor. You did a mini series, Hollywood Hitmen. Hysterical. I mean, it's so funny. Oh, thank you guys. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. I just, I was like, oh, I should bring up this line to him. But no, this one. No, this one. No, they're all so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look, it's just so. And is there any hope that you might get more of that, either as a web se- continued web series or, or even like on like a, a TV screen or something. It is really funny and clever. Um, first of all, that means so much that you guys, uh, uh, love it and find it funny because it was like a labor of love, um, with me and my friend in there, Joe Kai, who you guys know from agent Carter and Dollhouse, Um, mm-hmm. and he's one of my closest friends and we've known each other since we started both as actors in New York. So that means a lot that there's people out there. Uh, we, it, it was such an intense project because we, we told ourselves like we were at a point where like we were, had all this free time and we're like, we're just waiting. Is, a lot of time as an actor, you're, you're waiting to get permission to work. Um, and that could be a curse because you're giving up your creative power and your, and your artistry to someone else to say, you, you can now go do what you love to do. So we were like, made a challenge to ourselves um, and said, let's just write something that makes us laugh and our friends laugh and, and just shoot it, edit it and put it out there and just say we finished something. So we, we accomplished that. And, you know, there are, was it like everything we had hoped it to be? Like, was it perfect? No. But like at the end of the day, we can point to something. We finished it. And I would love to do more of Hollywood Hitman with Enver. Um, I know that he's really busy now. He's actually doing a, a play at the Public Theater in New York right now, um, which if anyone's in New York, you should go check him out. He's, he's a you know, fantastic actor. And like, if you haven't seen him on stage, take a, you know, go do that. Um, so he's busy doing that all summer. I mean, it, it's a big question mark. No one says no to doing more, but the problem with this web series is we had to ask a lot of favors, right? We did it for like no money. I think we spent $5,000 and oh, wow. we shot the whole thing. So me and Ver and then our friend, our mutual friend, Rafi Silver, we wrote it. Then we rehearsed it, the whole thing for two weeks. And then we shot the entire thing in three days, really two and a half days in L.A. um, with a skeleton crew asking favors from friends and other actors, as you you know, who appeared on it. Um, And because we rehearsed it for two weeks, we were able to just like shoot it and just do some couple of takes and then move on. But that's very stressful. And it's hard to ask a lot of to ask people, especially the actors and crew who work professionally to come and do it back again for free. So it's a question of trying to get a little bit more funding. Um, to be able to make it worth everyone's time again. 
so if we can get some money to do it again, I'm sure we would all love to do it again. And yeah, we would love to see it as the TV show. Um, that idea is in like completely dead as far as us, you know, trying to see if there's anyone interested in, in making it into something bigger than a web series. Um, because as you know, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, they're all dying for content right now. Um, so, you know, if there are people like, like you at these networks find it funny or think it's, there's an audience for it, that would be, that'd be something I would love to do with Enver and Rafi because I just feel like I get have such a good chemistry with Enver. Um, I mean, I don't know how you want me to, I can get into like how we met. I don't know if that's like what you guys want to hear. No, we're here for everything. I mean, you, you um, have a lot of overlap with him and your wife and like, there's a lot of, um, I feel like you should draw yeah. like one of those little graphs, the circle graphs. Right, a little, a little <laughs> Yeah, there um, you go, Venn diagram. I'll, I'll, I'll try to fill you guys in, like it's, it's without taking too much time from from the interview. Um, Enver and I started acting in New York. He went to grad school. I went to undergrad, but we graduated like a year apart around the same time. And the way we became friends is we got cast in our first feature film called uh, The Express. It was a football movie with um, Dennis Quaid and Rob Brown about the first Black Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and it filmed in Chicago. And we just like hit it off as as friends on that set. We were in Chicago for about like 10 weeks filming that movie. Um, and that was a blast. And then literally the next project, we went back to New York, excuse me. And the next project we got cast in was an HBO film called Taking Chance with Kevin Bacon. And I remember we are just like, catching up and i was like what's going on with you he's like oh, i'm going to montana to shoot this marine thing and i was like i'm going to montana to shoot this marine thing he's like taking chance i'm like yeah taking chance i'm like oh my god he was leaving the next day and i was leaving like two days after that and before you know, we were both in montana the next project doing this this film um so it kind of like sealed the deal we were like we just became really good friends because of those two films and and then literally after that, he was like, I think I'm going to go to L.A. And, and, and give it a shot. And he moved to L.A. And then, as you guys know, six months later, he got Dollhouse, where he met Deejan Lackman yeah. on Dollhouse. <laughs> and then two years later, I mustered up the courage to take the plunge and I moved to L.A. And he was a really good friend. And like he just always invited me along to parties. And I got to know his friends and his castmates. And I got to meet, you know, I got to know Deejan and just kind of like through mutual friendships and acquaintances, we kind of like after a couple of years, you know, then me and Deachin started, you know, seeing each other to his bewilderment. Um, <laughs> he was like, very surprised. He's like, wait, Max Osinski, you're, you're, you're going out with Max Osinski. Um, so yeah, it was, that. that's like, I owe meeting my wife to him basically. Um, so yeah, there's a big, there's a big backstory there. And, um, yeah, and we did Hollywood Hitman together, which my wife produced. She was literally like, what'd you say? Anne Anne was was in. In. Yeah. 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 But she had such a bigger, much bigger role behind the scenes than what she, you just see. Like she was literally like, she got the crew together. She helped like get the casting. And she even like, she was like cleaning and setting up and, and, and being in it and rehearsing. She was like, we, me and Ver and Rafi like, Oh, so much to her getting it off the ground and getting all these talented people. Cause she did lust for love. Um, I think about a year ago before Hollywood hit man. So she had experience like trying to make something. So she used her contacts to help us get a, a crew and actors and stuff. And, and so, you know, 
I owe, we owe everything to her and Alessandro Angoro, who is another uh, producer on the web series who helped us like with editing and, and, and setting up shots and everything. So those two guys helped us a lot. So yeah, it's so funny how you come in this town and the people you meet and hopefully you meet good people, healthy people, talented people, like you end up working with one another or helping create stuff together, which is kind of what we wanted to set out to do in, in the first place. Just get a bunch of talented people who have some time and create something. Something you love. Well, it's, it's something you love. Yeah, it is phenomenal. And I, and I hope and maybe y'all do, a, I don't know, Kickstarter or something because uh, it, it's a yeah, love to. Yeah, that's a great idea. It, it, and as you can tell, I mean, the humor of it came from like the struggle that we experienced as actors in LA. And, but like we told her, like, no one gives, uh, I don't know, you can't swear on this podcast. I'm sure, like, no one cares about two actors' issues. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't get hired, or like, oh, I lost this part. So we were like walking down the street one day, like, talking about the industry. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if like these were two hitmen complaining about the same thing, but in the hitmen world. And we started laughing, just improvising. And we originally just shot a one, like a sketch scene, just the two of us uh, with Deachin. We just shot it for fun and people were like laughing and like, we want to see more and more that we sat down and ended up writing more. Um, but yeah, we kind of just wrote what we knew, which was like the struggles and the vanity and the, the the psychology of trying to to work out and out to work as an actor in LA carbs cheat day carbs like, cheat day. <laughs> I love that you guys know that it's really flattering you guys know you guys are fans of that awesome I see a Kickstarter in this future yeah I I like that idea I'm gonna I'm gonna float that see if we can get that going you know I wanted to follow up on uh, on the idea of of having a wife in the industry as well. And yeah. I guess, uh, on a, I guess on a more serious note, what is it like balancing uh, your careers and family and uh, you know, what direction you're taking in your professional life and how does that work in balancing your personal life? I think it, for like uh, having a kid and, and getting married, I think it's important. I always say it's like, it doesn't matter when you have a kid, it's who you have a kid with. And I'm very lucky that I met Deachin and she decided that you, I'll marry you. Um, I feel very blessed. And she's not just like, I don't feel like I just married an actor. You know, it's just one of the things she's, she's talented at. Um, but she's a wonderful mother, uh, an amazing best friend. And, you know, we share so much more than just like, you know, just like, oh, we have, we're both actors in this business. Um, and it's been kind of a blessing having, getting married to a wonderful person and having a kid, it grounds you as an actor in the business. And I think that's really important. Um, it gives you something to like, instead of it's just you by yourself or you and another person and your energy is just going right at you. It gives you something else to focus on. You know, you kind of, uh, for people who don't have kids, it's like when you get a dog or a pet, you start to like think outside of yourself and you're like, Oh, I got to do something for something or someone else. And as an actor, this industry is so self-centered and you're always thinking about yourself. And I don't mean actors are like self-centered in the negative way, but you, you know, you are the product, you are the work and you're always working on your craft and stuff. It's good to get out of yourself and take care of, in our case, like our beautiful young daughter. And we, we we do what's best for her as well. And, 
now our careers mean more to us because that's something that helps us provide for a family and it changes your decision making. And I tend to view it as like a positive thing. I know a lot of people might think like, oh, having a kid and getting married, that hinders you. And that's just like, that's a weight on you. As an actor, you got to be free. But I, I, I love that. I can go to work and I have that relationship with the cast. But at the end of the night, I come home to a wife that, that loves me, uh, a daughter who can't wait to see me. And that's grounding, you know, like one minute you're, you're doing an action scene with, you know, Clark Gregg and you're shooting at aliens and you're running away and you come home and like, oh, can you take out the garbage? You got to walk the dog. It's just like it's like a grounding thing. It gives you a good life work balance, um, which I really appreciate, especially now after having been married and having a, a kid. But don't get me wrong. When I first got found out we were getting pregnant, I was terrified. I was completely terrified. You know, I was like, what am I doing? We're, <laughs> Uh, I'm an actor, uh, you know, as an actor, you're like, I'm not, I'm not working enough. I don't have enough money. Like this is, this is, this is going to be a disaster. Like I'm terrified, but you know, it's, everything works out. And it's, especially if you're lucky enough to find the right partner at um, it just, yeah, kind of, you kind of make it work and, and it's fantastic. So Man, I took a long time to answer that question. I'm sorry. It's really okay. We're all we're, we're all here to listen. So, you, you know, you talk about being terrified, and I think um, like every parent is terrified. I have two kids, um, and I'm still. Oh, how old are they? Uh, seven, and will be two in August. Okay. So, and how yes, old is your daughter? Uh, she turned three, May twentieth. Okay. Yeah, that's so. It's like yeah. um, that uh, mobile enough to get into everything, but not quite there to like listen to not get everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, is she is she uh, two? She just turned two, or she's she'll gonna turn be three two in soon. August. My youngest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone was telling me twos are nothing. Threes are the hardest. Yes. <laughs> And it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> it could be three is challenging. Yeah. But there's so much because you're just so much smarter, yes. more aware, <laughs> which is a great thing. It's a great thing. It's like they're supposed to push your boundaries. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you did it with two, but that's a pretty good um, spacing. Yeah. Seven yeah. two. Yeah. Me and Deachin say that. We're like, oh, if we had another one. It'd be great to like, the, you know, Matilda right now could take care of herself, dress herself, go to the bathroom. And then we have a baby. She could even help. Yeah. You it know, makes that. a difference. It, it does. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the, the help and the like, although you do kind of forget what it's like having a baby by the time that one's older. And then you're like, oh, my right. God. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so with Father's Day having just uh, passed, and I'll have to ask, do you have a favorite, like, you know, thing that you do with your daughter or favorite funny story that you can share? I mean, you know, I. No, like, you know, some people don't want to like to talk about their family and stuff. Oh, I, I don't mind. Everything I like to do with my daughter. I mean, uh, I love, it's very simple. I love taking her to that park. I mean, like a field. Because I noticed that she just, when there's like an open grassy field, she just loves to like run around. And we'll have to have a play date with a friend. They just chase each other. And like, first of all, it burns a lot of energy, as you know, which is great. But I find that they play, they use their imagination more as opposed to if you just go to like a playground and they're like, all they want to do is swing or go on a slide. So I love taking her to like a park and just watching her run around with her friends. Um, funny story that I'm like, I'm getting put on the spot and I suddenly like I'm blinking. Um, 
Oh my God, what is she saying? It's just like every day she does something that's ridiculous. Um, it's really, oh my God. it's okay. <laughs> I'll, let, me, let me come back to it. Let me come okay. back to it. Like, I'm on the spot and I can't think of, can't think of a funny story. <laughs> Oh no worries. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to Agents of Shield for just a minute because right. uh, with the with the uh, uh, season finale, uh, Bear McCreary is just a genius. I am a total fangirl of Bear McCreary and his talent as a as a musician. And I thought I saw a video. Were you at the uh, recording? Yeah. For please yeah. tell me what that's like. I am like I said. I'm a total crazy fangirl of Bear McCreary's and I just can't imagine the experience. Can you explain it? Uh, like, (laughs) like mind blown. Like I had never went to a live orchestra recording of anything. And then when Jed invited me, um, along with Ian, I said, absolutely I'll go. And usually for an episode, they have every episode bear scores and it's a live, he scores it live. We're not live. Sorry. But, um, there's a scoring session, but for the finale, they went from, I think they had 85 instruments in the orchestra as opposed to half of that or less than half usually per episode. So this was like the sound coming from that room was like jarring and like core shaking. It was amazing. And I walk in and it was like, it was like NASA headquarters. There's like, I don't know if you've seen the video, there's like screens and monitors, like people at the monitor behind the glass listening adjusting there's like a guy with sound pro tools or whatever it's called like with 64 tracks like editing every instrument and then there's the screen on mute and they're playing music to it and you hear like the theme of the show when you hear like the marvel theme that you hear from the movies and it's amazing and he's such a genius and he has so much fun with it while he's doing it and he like it's like you'll hear a take and it sounds amazing and he'll say go back and you'll say like point out to like a violin or something or like can we do this or that and you're just like wow um and if you ever lucky enough to be invited to any scoring session like please do it because you realize how much how important the music is to any um storytelling especially in film and tv and what what i kind of like i felt bad about is like what you hear in that room on those speakers live or in next to these instruments, like it doesn't translate to the TV. And most of these people watch, you, you watch the episode on like your iPhone or your tablet or your computer with like speakers that are tinny. But if you get a chance to watch it with like good sound on a TV and just listen to that music, it's like, it, it was amazing. And it, 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 it was jaw dropping to see how he scored that so well because there was no dialogue on the screen. You can't hear anything in the dialogue. You just see the actors' faces and they're like saying their lines. But the music, you almost don't need the dialogue. The music was literally the dialogue. You could you could tell like, uh oh, she just suggested something really good. Oh, is he gonna is he gonna agree with her and like join forces for the good? No, no, he's he's saying he's disagreeing with her. Now he's gonna now he's gonna attack her. And you hear that all in the music and it's just mind blowing. It's so much fun. Um, and it felt like we were scoring a huge like Star Wars movie or something. And we did it at the Fox lot in like one of the old um, historical like uh, sound stages where they scored tons of stuff that people would know. So it was like one of a kind experience. And I think Jed or maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. posted a really well edited video of the experience. And then I did something on Instagram on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I don't know if you guys, which one of those you guys saw, but it was, yeah, Bear is super talented. And he's like going to, he's like going to, he's writing a musical for Broadway too. Like this guy's insane. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, so he's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, with regard to his music, I actually introduced my sister to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by saying, okay, you need to see just these, I'll, I'll just show you how the music is so important to a TV show. And I showed her a few specific moments like um, the spies goodbye and, uh, you know, different sequences that, that were just musically based. And I, and, and she cried. I said, isn't yeah. it amazing how powerful music can influence and, and complement and just elevate the scene itself is fantastic. The writing is excellent. The acting is fantastic. But the music just adds, makes it, it makes it work. It makes it work. And it could even save, even save a scene that's not working or a bad performance. Mm-hmm. Like me and Ian were joking after that. We were like, oh my God, can you just give us more violins under every scene we have? Because that would help us <laughs> seem way more awesome than we are. Like, yeah, that scene where uh, I'm like, whoever hasn't seen the finale, I'm like, spoiler alert, but like, where Sky is running toward um, Graviton on the street and the music just hits and those cellos and the violins are going. And I think I Instagrammed something where like, all the like the 16 violins the elbows are moving in unison like that music is so powerful and like you said like it, it makes you emotional um without even thinking about it and you don't even need the dialogue to to get that sense so i agree with you 100 percent. like it could make or break a movie or a scene and even rescue a performance mm-hmm. so please more violins and cellos <laughs> under davis and scenes <laughs> I would love that. That's funny. So, um, recording, yeah, but not quite so serious. Nine Lies Claw. Yeah. Uh, so we've seen little clips, but that's it. Um, with a very like coming soon. <laughs> Can you tell us more about? Um, I mean, Claw is it Alley Cat? You know, he's. Kind of, um, kind of a, I don't know how to say jerk, but he's a little egotistical, seems like. Oh, just, for just a little. A little. <laughs> just a little yeah. um, but, you know, about how you got involved with that, I know that actually started with a Kickstarter, um, correct? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So maybe you can hook it up, that and Hollywood Hitman. Uh, I like the way you think. <laughs> so, what, got, how did you get involved with that? And can you tell us when? It's gonna come out and where? Um, I got. Uh, how do I get involved? With that um, Alessandro Angoro, who produced Hollywood Hitman with Deachin, um, he started working with Gary Pilla on the thing when it was just an idea. He helped him sketch out like a pilot, pitch pilot, and then they held like real auditions. And I auditioned through my VO agency. Um, and I submitted my audition and then they called and said, they, you got it. And obviously it wasn't a TV show, it was a pitch pilot. So it was like, it was great. It was fun to be something, start with something that just like from scratch. So we did that and then time passed again and then they started rewriting it and then they started recording the web series, which you've been seeing talked about online. Um, and we haven't finished that cause they, they've done like, I think it's like 24 now. Um, 
Gary is trying to get, you know, he he's trying to sell the show to like a Netflix or a Nick, Nick. So what I what I've last heard from him is he's in that process. Um, and uh, that's like as much as I know, like I've, I know I've recorded about 24 episodes or 12, epi- no, 24. No, no, sorry. 12, 12 episodes so far. Um, but they haven't been released yet because I think there's interest from some, um, of these providers. And of course that would be amazing. It's better than putting it on a web web, you know, he'd love to sell the show. So I think that's what, why there it's been like a lag, but that's all I really know. Um, I love doing that character. I love doing animation. Like I, that was my first real experience with animation and it was such a blast. I would get out of the booth like sweating because you just give it your all behind the mic. And because there's no camera on you, you can forget about, you know, oh, my hair or like looking dumb. And you just like try and do everything to tell the story with your voice. And the character is so much fun to play. Um, and he's so wild and egotistical and, and cocky and it's just a blast. So I have so much fun doing it. I really hope, um, Gary, Gary, the dream comes true and, and he gets to make the show on, on, uh, a channel or a Netflix or something. And I just hope that I continue to be a part of it starting from there, but I don't know where it's at right now. Um, that's what I last heard from him is they're talking to those, those, um, channels. Um, nice. but nice. I'm sure that worst case scenario though, they'll be out on the web as like the, the web series we, we shot or recorded and, um, try to get a fan base from there. But yeah, it's a, it's a, such a fun show. And there's like, there's humor for kids. And I showed my daughter and she liked it, but like, as an adult, you're listening, you're like, Oh, I get that. That's fun. You know, there's jokes in there for adults that kids will just miss. It's like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's kind of like SpongeBob SquarePants. Right. <laughs> kind of vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, and actually a guy, the, the man who's who directed most of them wrote and worked on SpongeBob SquarePants. So we got some, oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we got those guys are there. So it was really cool to um, be a part of that. But yeah, I, if you have more questions about it, shoot. But I don't know where it's what's happening with it right now. It's not dead. It's just like in this weird place of like, where will it end up? Right. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to those advanced screeners coming our way. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I want some advice. Right. Wow. <laughs> so you're. So I have to ask you. Um, what are you doing now? That uh, with Shield, obviously there's the the lag before the record of shooting of season six. Can you tease any current projects? Any future projects? Anything that you want to be working on? Um. There's some stuff in the pipeline I can't I can't really mention um, that if it works out, that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. starts up in July, so that's <laughs> coming up soon um, as far as like uh, principal photography. Uh, so that's something to look forward to for myself. Um, I just finished um, an episode on Shameless, which was like a blast. Um which I, I think you guys wanted to ask me something about, but what would I like to work on? I'd love to do, you know, I'd love to do some, do some more movies. Um, I'd love to 
I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, as an actor, you're just, you know, the main goal is just to go work. And of course you have tastes and you want to do the things that, you know, you dream of doing. Um, but uh, a lot of times it's when you're still starting out or you're still, you know, breaking in, you're kind of at the mercy of what comes to you and what you're auditioning for. So yeah, it's difficult to say, um, I, I mean, most of the time you just want to work and ideally me and my wife both like, Oh, we'd love to just work in LA. And that's why we look like shield is such a lottery win because it shoots in Culver studios teaching currently just, um, finished animal kingdom, which shoots in LA. So we were very blessed to be working simultaneously in LA with, you know, we have a daughter, so it's nice not to be away. Um, cause before she was doing altered carbon in Vancouver and that's always, a, that's always a bit tricky especially when you have a kid. Um, yeah, anything that shoots in LA would be, a, uh, another job would be a dream. But right now, Shield's going to start up next month. Looking forward to that. Got to do a, a episode of Shameless, which was really a blast to work with William H. Macy. Um, it was oh, yeah. Completely different, yeah, different role that I, I played before. So that's a lot of fun. And is that the first episode of the new season that's going to be? Yeah, that's the first episode of season nine, I think. Um, and uh, I got that. I think I finished that almost two weeks ago. We wrapped. Um, and I, I that's not like I can I can tell you a little. I play like a. Um, can I talk about this? It's not like a season. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I play, I play, um, like a hotshot real estate agent, you know, so it was like a blast to play and you get, a, you get to, you know, do scenes with William H. Macy where you're fighting with him. And I was like wrestling with him and he's just like a legend, you know, he's like a living legend. Actually, oh, yeah. been so many, so many movies that like, especially when you're starting out, you watch and you study and then you suddenly you're like sitting next to him and you're shooting the breeze with him and it's just you're like pinching yourself you're like holy cow like i'm getting to, I'm working with him and he's really nice and he's really interested in me and we're talking about common things it's it's fantastic and and doing a scene with him and then wrapping up he was really he said some really nice things to me that kind of just like blew me away and like really made like made my day and my journey as an actor worth it um so that was so much fun and playing a role like that. It's so, it's so different from Davis or anything I've ever done. And it's fun to stretch yourself and, you know, um, yeah, I was going to ask you personality wise, how close yeah. he was to Davis, but I'm, I'm pretty sure complete opposite. <laughs> no, complete, complete opposite, complete opposite. I mean, closeted, closeted gay man in a, in a marriage where, <laughs> you know, <laughs> His wife is cheating on him too. Uh, yeah, but it's it's fun to do those roles on that show, and it and it was and it's a comedy too. And there's comedy in Agents of Shield too, but this is such a like gritty, like dark comedy. So it's fun to just dive into that genre and go full out. You know. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> taking up a lot of your time, but we appreciate it. No, sorry. I hope I got all your questions. Oh, yeah. I, no, I, that was... I, I ramble a little bit. No, it's fantastic. That's exactly what people want to hear. You know, it, the 
more you talk, the more we learn about you as a personality, as opposed to just, you know, the character you play. And, and that's sort of the hope. Um, so we appreciate it. And we, uh, we're going to start tweeting about the scar on shield and be like, hint, 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 <laughs> you know, and, uh, and watch it for like the Kickstarter for Hollywood Hitmen. Cross. We need some more like black tights, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, yes. we really appreciate this. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you guys. I'm, I'm flattered that you guys reached out and we've been interested. So, um, yeah, it's a blast, and I'm I'm having a blast meeting all the Agents of Shield fans, being a part of the show. So you guys are you're great, and thank you for for watching and being so passionate. Thank you, and have a, well, have a oh sorry, Uber, do you? Yeah, no, I just wanted to say tomorrow's my birthday. So this little chat here is my little birthday present. So Oh my Thank god, you. happy happy birthday. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad I could uh, I was able to do this and um, yeah, have a great day and and celebrate and and yeah, let me know when the interview's ready. Yeah, we oh, love yeah. that. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you guys. All right. Bye. 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 Touch. Bye-bye. Thank you. You just listened to the podcast Nerds of the Hub, produced, recorded, and edited by the TV Series Hub team. If you want to read TV and film-related articles, reviews, and more, go to www.tvserieshub.tv. Also, follow us on Twitter and check our Facebook page, both at TV Series Hub. Send us a message, nerd proudly.